Hey everybody, welcome to the Bloody Awesome Movie Podcast. I'm John Burke from BurkeReviews.com, and with me from across the pond, the Kingsman to my statesman, it's Matt Hudson from WhatIWatchTonight.co.uk. Matt, how's it going, sir? I am doing very well, mate. It's September, so wake oh, me up right. when it ends. Gotta get uh, it in there, wake Billy Joe up in a couple of weeks' time. Uh, mate, so gone are the cold drinks and the Coca-Colas and the Dr. Peppers and other drinks are available Cup of a hot cup of tea in an R two D two mug is what's doing me now. The heating is on. I'll get crucified by a lot of people for not just putting on a jumper, but the heating's on. The hot drinks are out. I'm getting into the fall slash autumn spirit. So uh, not so bad. How you doing, man? I am doing pretty well. I have been trying. So my wife and I and my daughter we're all on lockdown right now because my wife tested positive for COVID. Everything is mm-hmm. fine, but um. We had a friend uh, go and get some stuff for us from our local uh, pharmacy, and then he was going to swing by Dunkin' Donuts for us oh. because they have the pumpkin coffee, right? And my wife and I have been craving a pumpkin coffee since we went on lockdown last Wednesday. So I put the order in on my app for the two pumpkin iced coffees, mm-hmm. three pumpkin donuts, oh. and a sweet tea for my daughter, right? Put the put it in, hit hit buy. They take my money. He's gonna swing by, pick it up. He swings into the drive-through and has to call me because they are saying this was on Sunday that they won't have any pumpkin product until Monday, despite having signs everywhere and the app let me buy it. So talk oh. about disappointment. It uh, sounds like Starbucks all over though. To be fair, <laughs> they'll take your money. Maybe not pay taxes, but you may not get your drink. But yeah, uh, Dunk- this the Dunkin' by my house is is notoriously bad, and man, do they. They disappointed me hard. Although, so I, first I said, just cancel it. And they're like, oh, you'll have to cancel on the app. And I'm like, well, that's crap. Because what if it won't cancel? Because how does the app know I didn't get my, my product? You know what I'm saying? So I got worried. I'm like, you know what? Fine. T- what can they do? And so we got caramel iced coffees, which were fine. I'll take that. Um, and then they, they were out of almost every donut that they sell. So we got the vanilla frosted donuts because they didn't have the chocolate frosted donuts. Um, <laughs> Stop going so, well, is it? No, right? So... They, I get the donuts, and this is the Duncan has done this multiple times. If they mess up or they don't have something, they just give you extra of the thing you didn't want in the first place. So instead of three donuts, we had five vanilla frosted donuts. So I was like, I don't really need the extra donut. I'm gonna eat it because I'm mad that it's not pumpkin. And that's you know, and then I will I will exercise a little extra in the morning. But um, yeah, so that that was our bad experience of attempted takeout. Uh, Again, grateful for my friend for for running the errands for us and uh, trying to to hook us up with some some treats, but it it totally backfired in a lot of ways. So, um, yeah, that's the difference between JB and me. Is had had I gone to Dunkin' Donuts and they'd they'd overcompensate and give me five donuts, I'd be I'd be Martha Reeves. I'd be dancing in the street all night about that. I would be, and I'm also fully aware I've just gone on a rant about Starbucks when this was a Dunkin'. Uh, discussion i take nothing back um even though i do enjoy <laughs> starbucks and the starbucks as well so but now it's nine twenty to 10 and i really fancy any kind of <laughs> dunkin donut i say it every week but this man's a bad influence yeah I, I keep bringing them up and that's the thing i don't get the donuts very often usually i get just the coffee from there 
Um, and normally I don't, I just get a black coffee, but I was getting the pumpkin coffee mm-hmm. and that was, I am kind of mad that I should have told, like make one of them black and one of them caramel. Cause my wife isn't worried about the caramel. I don't want the sugar. Uh, I allow the sugar for the pumpkin because I like pumpkin a lot Yep. on the bright side. I did get a uh, pumpkin pie, uh, flavor God seasoning. Cause it was the, uh, sale one last week so I, i've been making my own pumpkin coffee now uh nice. it's not as good but it's it's zero calories so it's like whatever um, do. yeah it, it it does it hits the, the spot that i need it to hit so i feel like i'm getting pumpkin coffee but gotta get it wherever you can man we've got to get those cravings wherever you can yep and of course we're not here to talk about reviewing coffee or restaurants that's oh. for yelp we <laughs> are here for uh the bloody awesome movie podcast our final episode of the fantasia international film festival coverage this is episode three uh technically four if you count the preview episode but this is going to be um our third episode where we're reviewing movies from the festival all of these are now past embargo dates so we are good to go uh and we are going to be talking about four more fantasia festival films but before we do that i think I think maybe, well, should we talk about the festival as a whole at the end or before we review um, the four films? Let's do it at the end, I think, because um, some, some of these reviews may bleed into our overall thoughts. Valid point, valid point. Um, then uh, those of you who are listening and maybe you, you only know of us because of our Fantasia coverage, welcome. We hope Hello. you subscribe to the podcast and you, uh, you listen. Um, but if you are... Uh, new if you just listen to the show regularly and you never got to go to a film festival i really want to again encourage that you find one online and participate as it's a cool experience you get to see a bunch of movies that you probably wouldn't get to see for a while um or or maybe ever hear about because there are so many movies being made all the time and only some get real big publicity and uh it doesn't mean these aren't great some of these might be better than the movies that you hear about um it's so uh, I really want to encourage supporting festivals. It helps support the filmmakers. It helps support the uh, the local theaters who maybe aren't getting the big push with the big the big releases. Um, you know, things like that are are struggling, especially because of COVID. So if we can help them by doing stuff like this, you get to see a movie, and they get to stay open. So um, we've had a good time covering the festival. Either we'll talk about the actual experience with the festival, but as far as the opportunity, we're we're both uh, extremely grateful for the opportunity. So. Yeah, man, absolutely. It's been a blast. It's been hard work. You go watching films and then reviewing it, and then watching and then reviewing it. It does take its toll on the old brain box. But, dude, I wouldn't, I wouldn't take it back. I wouldn't not do it again. I absolutely love this. And Fantasia, if you're listening, if you want to come knocking next year, our door is open. Our do- we're bloody awesome, and we're waiting for you next year. It's been, it's been great. And pretty much what you've just said, a lot of these films, pretty much all of them, I may not have been exposed to potentially for a long time, if at all. Mm-hmm. And it's opened my eyes to actors who I always knew were decent, but hadn't seen much of their work um, to see them star and um, shine in certain films to uh, different cultures and on their takes on certain genres, uh, new directors, uh, new uh, leads, new ways of shooting film, just because it's, it's something slightly different from what we see normally. And, Again, it's not to say that these films are different from the big blockbuster films because, you know, film is film. But I've had a great time looking at some of these films, which I, in an other world, I may never have seen. Like some of the films you saw last week, I Weirdo and A Detention and stuff like that. I mean, I probably would never have mm-hmm. stumbled across those. So uh, to the guys at Fantasia, I know we're going to speak about it later on, but 
Man, this has been a blast. And I echo what John said. If you ever get a chance to um, jump on a film festival, absolutely do it. It's a hell of an experience. Especially right now online, uh, just for safety reasons. But if you get to go to a physical festival and safely do so, I also recommend mm-hmm. that. I, I've been really uh, missing New York for some reason. Like it's it's been over a year since I was last in New York. But like I really, I guess I'm aware that I'm not going to get to go this year, and it's the first time in three years where I was planning on going. Only luckily, it shut down before I went because if if oh, it had yeah. been like two weeks later, I would have been in New York when they shut it down, um, and that would have been bad uh but um i guess i'm aware that i'm not going to get to go and i'm I'm like really missing it i'm I'm, man i'm thinking like the restaurants that i've been when i'm there and the places that i get to go and oh the pizza dude the pizza um it's so good it it, it, if you ever hear how good new york pizza is it is not an overstatement it is so good um to be fair i've not had chicago like from chicago i've not been to chicago so i haven't had their style pizza um but man new york pizza of all the pizzas that i've had it, it truly is my favorite and um you just can't get it you just like there's new york style pizza around here but it's not the same um but that said let's get into these movies uh we've got four to talk about and then we'll get into some other of our normal uh, regular recurring segments towards the end of the episode but we're going to start with um uh a mermaid in paris and this film um it's in french it's pronounced Un sirene a Paris. I'm sure it's just siren, but I wanted to say it like that. Oh, that has a, you have a French twang there. Uh, they're only across I don't the think channel. Ever, right. Uh, they're across the whole ocean for me, but nonetheless. Uh, a man rescues a mermaid in Paris and slowly falls in love with her is the synopsis on IMDb.com. Um, I'm a little surprised that the IMDb user rating is 148 reviews and has a 5.9. Um Obviously, if I'm surprised, it could be either way, but it's. I think this movie is way higher than that. Um, I am going to butcher these names. Uh, Chike, Caro, Rossi de Palma, Marilyn Lima, Romain Boringer, Boringer? I'm, I'm probably saying that one wrong. Nicholas Duvachel, Duvachel? Duvachel? I'm going to say Duvachel. Alex Michalek, Lou Gala. Is that the, is she the mermaid? Uh, no, Marilyn Lima is the mermaid. Okay, where she's not even. Oh, I already said her. Okay, I'm just double checking. IMDb's uh, rating or not rating, but ranking looks like it's skewed somewhat. Yeah, it's definitely because Gaspard is like way down on that list, and he's the main character. Matthias Malzu is our director, and I think this is his debut. I think it is, yeah, because he wrote the book as well. Um, hmm. So I am a big fan of Jean-Pierre Genois. Corey and I have covered a few of his movies on our movie club podcast. Um, Amelie is definitely my favorite of his films, and uh, I love his aesthetic. I think he has just such a great, um, I would say, canvas, essentially, that that he uses with his film. And this movie definitely pulls in that style. Um, I love the look of this film. I love the uh, kind of quirky humor of this film and i i've come to the understanding i apparently i really like french cinema quite a bit um the whole month last month was supposed to be foreign films for movie club and we without intentionally doing it we picked five french films um not realizing that we were picking five french films but uh it it, you know um as i jean-pierre genois is definitely the my he's obviously a modern director but you know obviously there's french directors that i like from the old days um but I, I and I haven't seen enough French cinema to like really make that statement, but this movie really worked for me. I thought it was charming. 
Um, I, again, I love the aesthetic of the film, the, the look of the mermaid. Um, it's, man, there's something, it's inherently quirky that, and it's about people who are quirky, right? Like that's kind Pretty of much. part of the, the things. Um, and I love that. I, I connect to that. I get that. Uh, I, I would consider myself not to be totally quirky, but I definitely have a quirkier element to my personality. I just tend to like suppress it around normies. <laughs> and, um, I, I, I don't know. Uh, there's a music element to this film, which definitely always works for me too. I love movies about musicians. Um, you can't help but a love story. And I would definitely say this falls easily into a rom-com, a genre that I admittedly love. Um, they often click for me. And I guess a lot of my favorite movies from this festival have been rom-coms, uh, but no shock there. And, um, I, I was very happy that I took this. I almost didn't. Um, if it hadn't been for you and Big Tuna, I don't know that I would have been drawn to a movie that has the, a mermaid in the title. Um, like it wasn't one that I was like, oh, mermaid, I guess I need to watch that. Um, and it, and that's it's weird to say that because it's unlike horses. I tend to like movies with mermaids in them. Um, I, I, Little Mermaid's a, a favorite of mine. I think that's a, you know, a really good animated Disney movie. What about movie. Seahorses? Yeah, uh, mm, mm. uh, gotcha. I don't think so. I don't think so. Uh, although uh, the male seahorse has the baby. Um, yes. Poor uh, which I know from a Jim Gaffigan bit. Uh, but um, but yeah, I, you know, there's the performances here are, are really strong. I think the, the supporting characters even are really good in this movie. His, his neighbor, who I think might be his landlord, or there's some weird, she has a key to his apartment. Um, I found I found her to be very compelling as well and, and really good in the performance. So I just, um, oh, and uh, the comparison to Shape of Water is hard to uh, mm-hmm. miss here. I think there's some similarities, but um, I love The Shape of Water. I'm a big fan of that movie, and I'm a, I'm a big fan of Michael Shannon no matter what. Yeah, right? yeah. Like he's, a, he's an actor who I really like. But I did feel his villain is so evil. Like it's fairy tale level of evil in Shape of Water, where I think the antagonist in this movie is actually very uh, relatable and empath. Like I, I feel empathy towards, um, and I like that element. I never felt like I got the conflict, and I, I there was definitely stakes, but it never felt over the top. It felt much more grounded, and I, I really appreciated that in a fantasy movie that I believed the the villain character and the villain character didn't feel larger than life i really uh, uh really like that part of the film too so um i do hearing you say it's a 5.9 on imd that firstly breaks my heart but at the same time i can understand why it could be rated low because i noted at the end of my review that this works you're going to love this film as much as i did if you can buy into the fantasy element, it's it's clearly a fantasy story, but you have to be willing mm-hmm. to bring that sense of wonder, sense of disbelief. You have to be sucked in or it just isn't going to work. So I can see why it'd be so low, but I don't agree with it whatsoever. I I thought this movie was wonderful. I, I really, really enjoyed this movie. Um, you mentioned um, Jeanette. It's got hints of um, Michel Gondry as well. The the other another famous French director. Mm-hmm. I I've been to Paris. I've I've lucky enough to have uh, been there about what eight years ago now, and it's a wonderful city. It's a beautiful city. It's one of it's one of my favourite places in the whole world. So seeing it on screen in a love story, in what kind of felt like an off kilter love letter to the city, 
I also appreciate that as well. But dude, I thought this was wonderful. The the chemistry between uh, Gaspard, which is uh, Nicholas uh, Duvachel, and Marilyn Lima's mermaid Lula, I thought they were excellent together. I thought they were really sweet. There was a great romantic uh, romantic moments between them. Um, I didn't find it to be a riff on the sh- a shape the shape of water. Clearly, you no, can see no. the, the um, similarities. But you were up on that film. I wasn't a fan of the shape of water, so I had a lot more fun this time around. Um, but yes. They're doing very oh, different man, things. Much Tyler. different They're thing. Different. This is more. This is a classic yeah. love story. Whereas Shape of Water was subverted. It's slightly, it's slightly different. Whereas this to me is a very classic love story. Obviously, it's a different lens on it because she's a mermaid and she's a siren who lures men to their death. But I thought it was a lot of fun. Um, Rossi, the neighbor. She. I think in any other film, I think she's overbearing. In this film, again, because it is quirky, because it's heightened and off kilter, she fits right in and works. The um the kind of yeah, the subplot with or the revenge subplot, again, I, it worked for me. I mean, didn't detract it. Yeah. Could have, you could have taken it out, and it wouldn't have really changed the story all that much because the uh, story between Gaspard and Lula already had a ticking time bomb anyway. So there was a element. You're right. But I don't know. I, I just thought this was wonderful. The visuals were good, beautiful. I thought the music was great. The and and the distinct visual style. It wasn't just visually. There was a very distinct. Uh, visual style was really really nice i was mesmerized by this i thought it was charming as hell i yes. i bloody loved this film and i hoped i would because i thought the synopsis sounded great i like again even little things i like the look of the poster it's one of those films which i set up top where if if it works and you can buy into it it's got a good chance of being bloody great if it doesn't work or you don't buy into it it could be a disaster but i I fell on the side of the former and I had a great time with this man. Me too. It, it's definitely one that um, I, I just, I think certain people that I know would love this movie. And I was trying to like, this, that was like, this is the movie that led me to finding out that only people in Canada could, could participate in the yes. festival. Um, Cause I was like trying to get people to watch this and they're like, how? And I'm like, well, you just go here. And then I was, it was like, Oh, never mind. You, you tickets can't. are not available. Yeah. Anything. <laughs> and I was like, I'm like, why is that? And then I had, I'm like, oh, I guess I should have known that, but I, I didn't know, uh, and that's disappointing. Um, but I'm sure this will play somewhere else, and you'll be able to see it eventually. And we both sound like we recommend it highly. Yeah, double thumbs up from me, and I believe it's got um, so it's so Sony Pictures releasing. So I imagine that if if it does well, then I'm sure we could see a uh, even a very limited release internationally. Well, I certainly hope it does. So yeah, Mermaid in Paris, double thumbs up from JB and I. Uh, and the next film we're going to talk about is a complete 180 in terms of tone. It's called The Dark and the Wicked. And this is directed by the guy who did The Strangers, Brian Bertino. Uh, and it stars uh, Marion Ireland, Michael Abbott Jr. and Xander Buckley. And the synopsis for this one is uh, pretty straightforward. It says, on a secluded farm in a nondescript rural town, a man is slowly dying. His family gathers to mourn and soon a darkness grows marked by waking nightmares and a growing sense that something evil is taking over the family. Um, horror film. It's, it's been you know, Bertino's going back to his roots with the strangers here. I know he's done things like the monster and that, but this film feels a lot more like the strangers in terms of it is kind of an invasion film, but it's not dull face knocking your door this time. It's something uh, a lot worse. I think this film, I thought this film was excellent. 
I genuinely thought this film was really very good. And I hoped it would be. You know, I'm a horror fan, but I've seen a lot of awful horror in the last few years. Uh, I had hopes for this one. I thought it was great. I thought it was atmospheric as anything. Honestly, I, I almost had to go outside and like put my head out the window after just to get some air. It's like suffocating me how tense this film was. Um, uh, so, but it, so Bettino basically uses horror uh, as a backdrop for uh, family and friends issues, basically. For the family have drifted apart for various reasons. The mother basically says to the kids, you should not have come here. Even though your father's dying, you shouldn't have come here. The siblings, Louise, which is Marion Ireland, and Michael, Michael Abidjan, they're not exactly best buddies either. Um, and they're struggling through... Um, they're struggling to come to terms with the fact that they haven't really come home all that often and they haven't really spoken to each other and their mum's been there the whole time. And so there's, that is, that plays a lot. So you think of like hereditary vibes and some of the other, and like Babadook where it's more of a personal story with horror as a backdrop, very much what this is as well. It's, it's simple in its execution. It's all set like a farmhouse. It's simple, but it's pulled off so well for me. Not all of the story elements, combine and neatly or tie up brilliantly but i think everything else makes up for that the horror aspects of, of makeup there's a lot of religious imagery there's a lot of demonic stuff yeah. it, it starts quickly and it continues to build and build and build in tension and you get these bursts of violence throughout you get xander berkeley's priest just turns up and it's just like well now you're here i feel even more on edge because i'm not sure where what where you know you know what you're playing at here basically I thought this was an excellent film. I was on the edge of my seat. I felt tense. I felt nervous during it. I cared about the fates of the characters, even if the characters themselves may not want you to. I was I was on board with this one and a very, very successful uh offering, I think, from Bertino. But I want I know you've seen this and I and I know I'd um mention it to you. So I'm interested to see what you thought about this one, man. I generally am interested in what you thought, because I'm yeah. really up on this one. So I am, uh, my relationship with horror films definitely is uh, weird, right? Like, comparatively, <laughs> um, I, I don't dislike horror. Um, some horror will, like, horrify me. And for some reason, that's a type of fear I don't mind having. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I'm not, I don't do uh, things where I put myself in harm. Like, I'm not going to get on a roller coaster or jump out of an airplane. Um, but I don't mind a horror film or like that kind of scare. And yet my taste for these seem to be all over the place. I can't, I can't really pinpoint my own what works and what doesn't all the time. Like I am a big fan of Ari Aster's movies. Um, I love both hereditary and I love Midsummer. Um, I, I, this year I've seen way more horror films this year, I think than I had in previous years, partly because that's what we got early. You know, there was like the horrible remake of the grudge and then, um, but the amazing invisible man remake, um, or reboot or whatever you want to call that. Um, but, uh, from this festival, even I've seen a few horror films and some have worked for me and some have not this one, I would say mostly worked for me. Um, I don't know that I was scared but i was a hundred percent intrigued by what was going on um and there were some things that i would like i had to look away from um and uh i think the the there's a lot of imagery in it that w- was definitely bothersome and like just like oh wow um I, I it's one of those things i don't know what i can comfortably say without it spoiling because there is so much that is even from the beginning of the film you don't have a lot of information and stuff starts happening relatively quickly which i appreciate uh there's very little uh downtime um the structure is interesting because he does it by uh days right it's like day one day two yes. 
Um, and that, I, I don't know if there was some significance there that I didn't pick up on, you know, like if maybe there was like, uh, if it was an allegory for something else, like days of, you know, after this or days after that, cause there's definitely a lot of religious context and subtext, um, which I always find to be kind of interesting source material. Uh, and sometimes some of the scariest source material like yeah. in the exorcist, um, because a lot of that is grounded in somebody's belief, right? Like versus like when you can write it off as like, Oh, there's no such thing as Jason or Mike Myers. But like, if you believe in demons and the devil, well then that gets really scary all of a sudden when you start messing with demonic stuff. Right. Yeah. And um, so that works. And yet yeah, uh, the look of this film and the performances I thought were tremendous. Um, both of the actors are, established actors um i've i actually had seen them in several things i don't know that they're leads normally but i've seen like mary uh marin ireland is in several um films that i've seen including a uh, hell or high water yeah 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 um and she's in the uh apparently she's in the umbrella academy which i've not watched but my daughter is a huge fan of i think she's um, really good here as well oh yeah that's what i'm saying like th- this cast is like i didn't recognize them when they were on screen right and then but i'm like they look kind of familiar but i can't place them and then i look at like letterbox and i'm like oh i've seen a lot of stuff yeah. that they're in and that that's great because this is a really strong lead performance i definitely was um you know i was with them um xander berkeley who plays the priest that you mentioned man oh and there is one one horror sequence uh that's it's mostly body horror that I had to literally look away from. I could <laughs> I could not hand. I have a. I I don't say when or what, but I have a thing with eyes. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah, dude. <laughs> that, I was like, nope, nope, can't. Not looking. Not gonna look at that. And then the character's like, I'm not gonna look at anything ever again. I'm like, oh, why? Um, it broke you know, the book. Yeah. So it's it's definitely effective. It's uh it's super compelling. Um, I wouldn't mind rewatching it to to try to dive deeper into the themes that it's it's introducing. Um, but yeah, it, it's a, a real solid entry, and that, that horror gets entered in festivals a lot because you can make things scary with almost no budget, right? Yeah, and so, of course, yeah, it's a good starting get, point. Yeah, and a lot of directors do start in horror, and unfortunately, you get a lot of not great horror because of those reasons. Because you can do them low budget, you can do them, you know. Sometimes it works out when you go to the cabin in the woods for a weekend and have a bunch of fake blood, uh, uh, mm-hmm. evil dead, mm-hmm. but other times it doesn't work out, you know, and it, it comes out as real schlocky or trashy. And, um, at a festival, you get a lot of that. And, uh, it's always a crapshoot when I take a horror film at a festival and this one worked out. So I'm really glad. Yeah. I'm, well, I'm glad to hear you enjoyed it because, um, I, w- I was hoping you would. And when I was watching it, I was like, this is, it's not like you said, it didn't feel schlocky. It didn't feel tacky. Um, it felt like a, very decent movie and i was like you know what this is i'm really 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 starting to get into this about halfway through i was like this is really quite good and and then i was worried about what happens if they don't stick the ending i think they did um i think they landed the ending um very well but tino didn't i'm glad to hear that you were um at least positive about it mate so um that's what that's one weight off my shoulders yeah uh and you know i'm always glad that i i don't disappoint um so, the next movie uh, is Under Gods. Um, Under Gods is an otherworldly journey through a Euro- uh, Europe in decline. Uh, does this resemble Europe to you, Matt? Um, uh, not well. Uh, I don't know. I've barely been at my door in the last few months, but it might do now. A collection of darkly humorous fantasy tales about ill-fated characters and doomed fortune. Um, I felt the word humorous in that synopsis to be maybe an overstatement. Uh, it's a bit of a stretch, isn't right. it? Right. <laughs> um, 
there's not a lead per se, because this is a series of vignettes, so nobody's in the movie for a long time, and you're not following one person's journey per se. Uh, Mm -hmm. The first two guys we meet are K and Z, which I don't believe is in the movie whatsoever, but that's what they're credited at. If they are, it is real quick, and I didn't notice it. But um, Johan Myers and Jiza Roerig, who, if you saw the very uh, intense and very crazy movie, um, Son of Saul, uh, yeah, yeah. The, he's the lead in that movie. So like big difference in terms of performance there. Uh, that movie's like all him in close up. Um, but you have a lot of people, Michael Gould, uh, Haley Carmichael, Ned Dehenny, uh, Khaled Abdallah, Eric Godon, who I know from uh, yummy, which Corey and I reviewed um, about a month ago. Or wait, did we long review? ago? So someone reviewed it. No, no, you did. It was, um, it was a movie club. Yeah. yeah uh, it was a shutter original. Um, it's, uh, but, but it was at the festival too, I believe, uh, unless there was another movie called yummy. I just assumed it was the same movie. Um, Tanya Reynolds, uh, Todd Murphy. I'm sure I said that one wrong. Jan Bejovic and Kate Dickey. We're going to stop there. Uh, but, um, it's, it's the, the series of vignettes. It's are wrapped in this kind of underworld sub world. I, it, that's ultimately the problem. The film looks like it's got a pretty decent budget. Like it looks like a dystopian society and um, they do some really cool stuff visually. And I think there are some interesting short stories, but the whole movie felt empty. Um, And I don't want to, I'm like, I'm trying not to steal big tuna saw this last night and was texting me his, uh, some, some jabs he's kind of taking at the movie, but he's spot on. Mm -hmm. Uh, this movie's hollow. There's really no substance. It's just like, hey, this is an interesting idea. We're not going to explore it or go into any kind of detail with it. But there it is. Next, and they go to the next scene, and that's how I felt. I kept waiting for something to like, like hit me, where right? where like everything came together, or everything would congeal, or I'd get some like, wow, what a what a indictment of of society. And, and it's just not. It's just like we had some visual ideas and we had some spots and we wanted to make some things, and it's like, oh. I mean, all right, that's cool. It, there's, yeah. I wouldn't say there's anything bad in this movie, but it's also there's nothing to like latch onto. There's nothing to sink your teeth in. It's just, it's just the fat, and it's like, yeah, you can gnaw on it for for the two hour runtime or whatever it was. It felt like two hours, um, but at the end, you're you're left still wanting more, and that's that's disappointing. Um, I, I was really hoping that this was gonna just like. Uh, pull me in and there's I mean some of the vignettes I think are more interesting I really like that I forgot his name already the the guy I said is in yummy um I like him as an actor the two I've I've just seen him in this and I've seen him in uh yummy for sure and I feel like he's in some other he's in in Bruges I don't remember where he is in in Bruges and god knows I've skipped Mm -hmm. Anna um but (laughs) but uh I like him I think he's a really solid actor and I I thought his his vignette was really good um, I thought the the vignettes themselves are kind of interesting, but again, I don't feel like they, they really dive into the, the themes that they're touching on. Like they play into these interesting ideas and then it's just like, eh, whatever. We're not really interested in these ideas. We're just using them as, as a framework for the story. Um, and the story is really loose and lax. And again, it's not, it's not a bad movie. I, I don't think there's anything particularly wrong or like, oh, it's just, it just didn't do anything that's memorable. So, um, good looking movie some really solid performances but it's just missing some substance that was my take what, what about you um 
Mine was the same, and then I've had time to marinate on it, and I think it might be in my top twenty of all time, man. <laughs> he's he's learnt now that I'm taking him. I'm, okay. I'm, joking, I'm kidding. Um, I'm kidding. I thought this movie was naff, uh, which is pretty much what I said to JB. It was just what we said actually after we'd watched it. Kind of um, sent each other messages like, "What did you think?" And it was kind of like, I don't know, it was fine, but it didn't really say, go anywhere or say much. And I'm so glad that uh, Tuna mentioned a hollow feeling because I've got the word empty on my notes mm-hmm. and that's kind of what i felt afterwards i just kind of felt empty watching it i didn't think oh i feel bad for x and x or i feel elated for them or oh, I'm gonna, or that kind of grabbed me and i'm going to be thinking about that it's just i don't know it's just like you say it's just a, like a dark and that fantasy style anthology set in a dystopian bonkers future about people who i didn't really care about to be honest um scavengers and a, a couple who aren't married and I did, uh, there was a, there was a vi- an anthology a vignette sorry about a businessman who searches for his daughter. I liked that one. I thought that was okay. Um, and uh, somebody cut and then uh, somebody returns and knocks some family life out. I don't know. It's it was Gilliam esque in ways as well. So if you like those that style of filmmaking or storytelling, you're gonna like like this. Um, it's a bit long. Yeah, I didn't really like the simp score that accompanied. The film simp scores are sort of hit and miss for me anyway. They can sometimes sound a bit like the budget was spent on other things, and you thought, "Crap, I haven't, we haven't got a score." Quick, stick some electronica on. But I don't know. It it was fine. As the the best uh, thing I could pay as a compliment is it was fine. It was you know the acting's good. It looked good. It wasn't offensive. It wasn't bad. But nothing really grabbed me. And I'm in I'm going through the anthology stories in my head now and like you said you know there's some intri- interesting um, strands and um, plot points but that's all they are they never amount to anything else they're just kind of there like the, uh, the story about the married couple or the unhappily married couple it's like okay so where did what, what, where do we go from here great thanks for showing me that snippet into someone's life I'll go and watch Patterson instead if I want to see that kind of stuff a, a, a family life I don't know. I don't want to be too harsh on the film because I didn't think it was overly bad. I thought I thought it was okay. It was a joint affair between about six countries. It was like Belgium, Estonia, United Kingdom, um, and some other countries as well. So it was a very eclectic European um, mix of uh, a contribution, a mix of contributions into this. But I don't know. If you like, I say, fantasy anthology, dark anthology films, if you like the dystopian landscape, you're going to like this. You'll you'll enjoy it. And I mentioned Terry Gilliam. This isn't this isn't like a riff on any of his films, but I got a vibe of his when I was watching it. So if you like that kind of stuff, you're going to dig this as well. But it didn't work for me fully, and I kind of hoped it did because I was really quite interested in this one. But I don't know, middle of the road for me, man. Yeah, and I, that's a good call on the Terry Gilliam connection, which I think you and I are both kind of in the same space with Gilliam. Like we don't dislike him. We like Twelve Monkeys. I think a lot and then yeah. it's like brazil is uh for us we get why people love it but yeah. <laughs> we thought it was overrated yeah. I think is what john's trying to say yeah like you know i mean it's it's one of the few criteria movies i own that i'm kind of like man i could have not bought it you know it would have been okay <laughs> um but again you know it's it is uh and i haven't seen a lot of his other stuff I, I have seen more than i realized but um i can't even think of what it was but i know he's done something else that i didn't know was his but yeah i think that's a good call especially the brazil vibes there's definitely some brazil vibes to uh 
under gods, but not, not as structured. Like Brazil still has a very, like there's a clear narrative and a protagonist that is yeah, not yeah. happening in under gods. So. Yep. Yeah, it's a very loosey goosey type film, but Hey, so a lot of people seem to think it's pretty good. So, uh, but as for under gods, me and John, we're kind of giving it the wavy. Nah. And so uh, the final film we want to talk about in our top four is a horror sci-fi thriller. And it's called the block Island sound. And the synopsis reads, something terrifying is happening off the coast of Block Island. A strange force is thriving, influencing residents and wildlife alike. So um, I had to uh, Google what the Block Island sound actually was. And apparently the Block Island sound is a strait in the open Atlantic Ocean, about 10 miles wide. And it separates Block Island from the coast of mainland Rhode Island in the US. So that's what the Block Island sound was. Or does it have double meaning? Watch the film. Yes, it does. Uh, it's directed by uh, the McManus brothers, Kevin and Matthew, and it stars Chris Sheffield, Michaela McManus, Neville Archambault, uh, Jim Cummings, isn't it? Jeremy Holm and Willie C. Carpenter. Uh, I watched this film fairly recently. It's, uh, again, horror sci-fi thriller, but it becomes uh, another family drama again. I don't mean that disparagingly, but it deals less with the horror, per se, than with the story of Harry, who is played... Uh, played very well by Chris Sheffield and he, kind of the spiral he finds himself going through uh, and his relationship with his sister, Audrey, who's played by Michaela McManus. Uh, the walls seem to be closing in on Harry throughout the whole film and the, the Harry isn't played for somebody who you're meant to like because, frankly, during the film, I was like, this guy is really getting on my nerves now. But the film, he's written to be that way. It's not a bad performance. Chris Sheffield, I do actually think, is... Pretty damn good in this film. Um, there's a lot going on, as I mentioned, with the genres. There's, there's horror, there's psychological aspects, there's supernatural aspects, there's sci-fi, there's conspiracy stuff going on. There's a lot going on this in this film. Uh, there's a strange noise coming from the ocean and fish are turning up dead on the beach. So there's a mystery element as well. It's a, uh, it's, it's a slow burner, I'd call it. It's a slow burner. The McManus brothers try to build an atmosphere alongside the mystery and is successful to a point. I thought this film was fine. I thought it was okay. I thought it was better than, I appreciate it more than I did under gods. I didn't think it was great. I know a lot of people do think hold this a lot higher than I do. It's getting some good buzz, but I thought it was all right. I mean, I thought it was effective, simple, effective, but it didn't blow my socks off. There's one character just shows up and just sings, says things like dear girl, dog in a really annoying voice which really grated on me maybe that was more a me issue than the film issue uh one as a secondary character is basically a walking hormone a walking horn i was like well you're not very well uh developed but i don't know as a in terms of a focus on the character of harry i thought this worked well and how he and audrey worked well together and their father figure as well well their father how he plays into the story so that works well to a point I think by the time you get to the end, I don't think anyone should be surprised by where the film ends up. I think uh, it, the film tries to misdirect you a few ways. It's cleverly, it's well written as well. I think the writing's decent in this. Um, but I wasn't surprised at where the film ended up. So I thought it was fine. I thought it was okay. Pretty decent film. Um, but it's not going to threaten my top films of the festival. I don't know if I'm I being too harsh on this, JB. What did you think? Um, well, I'll tell you, uh, Big Tuna did not like this film, and um, he he is uh, he asked tuna. he texted me and was uh, before he told me his thought, he asked me what I thought, mm. 
and um then he responded with i guess i'm a contrarian after all or something like that uh because it, it is getting a lot of buzz i i liked it um i thought it was really i i didn't i i don't think it's the best movie of the festival but i definitely was um i did not want to see it because i think the poster is awful the poster <laughs> looks like a sharknado like knockoff like it, i i thought i was like is that ian whatever his name is like i for real thought when i first saw the glimpse i was like write it off immediately and then i heard the buzz i was written like, it off by the title because the block island sound sorry it sounds like like the king of staten island type thing like it's going to be like a a funky sort of um uh, coming of age type story about music or something i didn't realize it was a horror right. film i didn't either um if, if it hadn't got buzz and again you guys were the ones who kind of like hey you should pay attention to this i'm like oh I guess I should. Um, I was not expecting to like it necessarily. I also wasn't expecting to dislike it, but um, I, I didn't, I'm not familiar with anybody but Jim Cummings. I actually, I really, I like Jim Cummings' film, um, Thunder Road? Thunder? Yes, Thunder Road. I really, really like that one a lot. So um, is he the, uh, the the conspiracy theory guy in this? Uh, Jim, yes, he is. Yeah, he, yeah okay. he's the X-Files kind of dude. One of my favorite parts of this movie, to be honest, is I, I like that guy. I think he does, I think Cummings does a really good job in this. Um but uh, I also I like the leads, um, and and honestly, I want to give praise to Matilda Lawler, who is the the daughter, because yeah. she could have been the worst part of this movie, as I say all the time. Because children acting is hard. Like if you yeah. if you don't have a director who can handle it, or you don't have an actor who's at least capable of giving you something that resembles a realistic performance, they can break a movie. I think she does really well in this. Like overall, I think every scene she's given, they, they do a good job of like limiting her and limiting her in ways that make perfect sense. Like why she wouldn't be in every scene kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. And um, I, I just think she did a really good job and I think she deserves the praise. I hope she's going to continue acting because there's a lot of children actors who you're just like, never again, never allowed in a movie mm-hmm. ever again, please. Um, and then um, I like Michaela McManus and I really did. I like the lead uh, Chris Sheffield. I felt like, um, he he manages to give you a a very layered performance. I think he's working in every way. You can see the grief in him. You can see the the fear. You see the regret. You see the rage. Like I think he's he's asked to do a lot. And I think he does a really good job with it. Um, I, I was compelled by the film. Uh, I thought it was you know I, I agree. I don't think it 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 went somewhere I wasn't expecting it. But it also wasn't like a surprise. It just like the movie's making you think one thing, and then at the end, it's like, well, it was kind of that thing, but it's something different. And it's like, okay, I'm still fine with that. Like, I think it's all fine. Um, I don't think it's revolutionary. I don't think it's uh, the most amazing or outstanding film, but I, I definitely think it's well constructed. And I, um, I thought there were some really cool, uh, like visual effect type things that that work really, really well with it. Um. Like there's a part where he like pukes up tentacles or something, and I thought it looked really good. Yeah, in the bathroom, yeah, yeah, I thought that was like I was like, oh, gross, man, that looks real. And then um, the voice that you mentioned, I, I found really scary, and um, like I was like, oh, I, that's unsettling. I don't like it. I, it. It didn't. It was the first time I heard it when they're in the car and the word. Is it? There's no spoilers. And the word deer is mentioned. I was just like, what the? What the was all this about? It kind of took me out of the moment because I was like, I'm not sure if this is like. Not not for, meant to be un, meant to be like intentionally funny or unintentional. It just felt really odd. Like the guy was like commentating on what was like yeah. in front of him. Yeah. And, I was like, and then after every time it happened, I couldn't get that idea that a guy was literally just pointing out the obvious. 
<laughs> I mean, I, I kind of think that is exactly what it's doing. And I guess that just mm-hmm. now depends on if you think, I guess when you, I'm contextualizing it a little more than I did while watching it. And I, I it, it is kind of a weird choice based on what's prompting that, right? Like what that's supposed to represent. It does imply a level of maybe childish or ignorance that shouldn't, I don't think, but you know, yes. um, but yeah, uh, then again, I don't know. Cause there's some, there's some questions about things too. Like what, how is he seeing that is, I guess a question you'd have to answer too, like for that to really make sense. You know what I mean? Like, is that a internal projection or is that, um, actually being like, projected per se into the world like i think it's more Mm -hmm. him internalizing what he's like the signals that he's hearing kind of thing yeah that's what i mean there's there's a lot there is a lot going on that's what i mean there's a between like the mix the weaving of genres and that as well Mm -hmm. and not the genres but different elements which could play into like you say the visualization of those particular things is it like you say internal or is there kind of more malevolent things going on to create this or what there's um, so some people may also look at it and think, well, it's not entirely clear. Yeah, so that could be a negative. But I wouldn't necessarily say that. No, I, I, I'm, I'm on your side. I just took it as the guy was basically losing his mind, essentially. Yeah. Uh, or, or was he? So, yeah, okay, I, I agree with what you say. That's what I mean. I don't have any issue with the film. Right. That's what I said. I sound like I'm being overly hard on it, but only because for me it was just very, very much a decent film. And I mean, in this sense, I mean, decent, decent, as in, you know what, that pretty much every element was a tick. It was good, but nothing really went above good. It's like good, very good, great and excellent. Everything was just good. It just worked. I would say uh, if this movie's going to find an audience, though, I think it needs a new poster. And I think it needs a, maybe a different name because I don't think the name is, is – it's not a name that's compelling, nor is it really – I guess it like you pointed out, there is a double meaning, but I don't like going into it doesn't help you. You know what I'm saying? Like it's not a name that's going to catch me. Like if I was like, "Hey, have you seen the Black Eye on the Sound?" That I I thought it was going to be like a documentary about like some kind of you know like musical genre or something right. that came out of the Block Island. Exactly, I mean, it's all about it sounds like music. Yeah, and I guess the word sound does have like the there's something with water there, but I'm I'm not a, a, a seafaring person, so I don't think that my first thought is music. Um, which is on me too, because that's the same reason why I saw Dinner in America, because I thought it was a food documentary. So clearly, I need to stop judging films by their names. But that's you know, if it's not going to be super memorable, I don't know that people are going to like, oh, Block Island Sound. That sounds like something I would never watch. So I, I, I think it's a good movie. I think people would find enjoyment in this if you like sci-fi or you like horror, because I think it, I think it balances those two quite well. Um, and I mean, I, I could, I could listen to an argument that this movie is a little bit of a mess because I think you can, it's kind of two different protagonists and because I think it's both the brother and the sister's movie. And I think that gets a little messy at times of like, who are we really following? And it's not, they're not really at odds. They there's conflict, but the conflict is more traditional, like conflict. It's not really about like the, the story conflict. And um, I feel like it's, it's his story for the overall, like what the movie's really doing. But I think they make her a more prominent role than fits, right? Like if you take her out, then this, this movie's probably only an hour long, but it's very clearly his story. And she's just a part of it. I would be fine with it being her story, but it doesn't feel like it's her story. Um, 
nor is it like a family story where they're like they're both equally affected by things like they kind of bounce back and forth so there's there's some room for improvement i think overall but i found it enjoyable definitely engaging and so yeah uh, it was a, it was that is going to end up being probably the last film from the festival that i actually watched too um mm-hmm. it wasn't going to be but i just the real world has taken up all of my time um, so I, I'm I'm happy that it was one I actually liked though, and wasn't one I was just like, oh god, this is the 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 you know you've had a great meal and then you get dessert and it's like, oh, why does this taste like fish? You know, so was that noise coming out of it, dear? Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, last week's show was pretty much last week's show is a nearly triumphant in terms of the top four. This top this four for the most part is positive as well. And mm-hmm. in terms of the festival, then, dude. You said we'll dive in. Let's do it. I mean, what are your thoughts on the festival, like the the quality of films, the selection, and just your overall thoughts, man? So I have been to the Florida Film Festival, I think, three years. of. I didn't get to do anything this year, and I think I skipped almost all of it last year, but I, I, I went three years before that. Um, I've been to Tribeca two years, yep. and I've uh, been to South by Southwest once. And I would put this overall movies watched at a festival. I think this is number two behind South by Southwest. Wow. Um, I, I, I think what I saw now there's stuff I didn't see, uh, and a few things that I'm kind of now disappointed that I didn't make time for. Um, there was a couple that big tuna sent me. He's like, you should watch this. I'm like, I'm out of time. I really wish I could. And so like, I'm going to have some regrets and it's, it's great to have a regret like that. Oh, there's a movie I really wish I had seen. Cause now I'm going to put that on my watch list and hopefully track it down when okay. it comes out. But um, I just the overall selection of these films, there was I don't think there was maybe but one or two that I thought was was like close to bad, but not one that I thought was bad where I have at every other festival. There were some movies that I was like, wow, I wish I hadn't sat through that. Like, that was not good. And uh, at one of the festivals. There is a particular person who picks the movie, you know, like there's several people who pick the, the movies that are going to be at the festival, but it, there is one of them who I've, I've, uh, I know that that person and I have a opposite taste. Um, and like every time they walk up and present a movie, I'm like, mm, I'm not going to like this. And sure enough, uh, it seems to be the trend. And so to, to watch as many movies as I have from this festival and only have one or two that didn't work for me at all, and have so many that really, really click for me. I'm super happy with this experience. Um, I mean, I Weirdo is going to be in my top 10 for the year right now. And uh, uh, A Mermaid in Paris is up there. And um, Detention for me really worked. Like that mm-hmm. hit my, like every, it checked all my like boxes for that type of movie. Um, and then there were like those middle ground movies that were still like really great. Like I really enjoyed Sleep. I don't think Sleep is perfect, but I thought Sleep was really compelling. And I was really into it. Um and uh Korea, which didn't work for me very well, but I, I still am like, well, I get I get why it might work for other people. Like yeah. it's 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 solid. You know, there's stuff there. Uh Dinner in America was just like, Oh man. Dude. And then uh the columnist, dude, the freaking like that dark comedy that just for us worked so well and then for other people not so much. But for us, we're like, Yeah, it's awesome. great. Um, so you know, there's just some some movies that uh especially because of the lack of theatrical releases that are going to be high, high, high up on my top uh, list of 2020, you know, and um, I'm really grateful that we got the opportunity. Uh, and again, that either I picked really well what, what, with what we ended up watching or we picked very well or uh, the, the selection at the festival is just really great. Like the curation is just really, really good. And, and the thing to me is a lot of these would not be at bigger festivals, 
and they're better than some of the movies I've seen at some of the big festivals, you know? And so it's, it's, this just goes to prove it's, it's so much more about what it's saying, who's saying it and, uh, the heart maybe that goes into it than if you've heard of it or not. Like there's so many good movies. I think a lot of times people will, if they've never heard of a film, well, I don't want to watch it. I've never heard of it. Yeah. I've never heard anything about it. No one's ever talked about it. That could be, you could be the person to do that. And you know, a lot of these movies need those, those mouthpieces and someone to, to, to say, to stand on top of the mountain and shout to the world, Hey, this movie is great. And if you do that, you know, someone else might find a new favorite movie. And I, this festival for me, it was just like, man, you guys did some, some searching cause there's some really great stuff here. And I'm, I'm grateful. But that last point is, is what I found most exciting is, um, when we were, again, thank you again, huge. Thanks for letting us do this to, uh, the guys over at Fantasia and a big shout out to Stephen as well. The guy who gave up, who sorted out all the screeners and the links, that man, was probably the busiest man on planet Earth for the last few weeks. So, a uh, wonderful job, and thank you very much, mate, for your hard work and um, accommodating all of our requests. So, um, thank you for that, dude. Um, but yeah, but the most exciting thing for me is being presented with a list of films of which I'd never heard of, and basically saying, "Right, here's a synopsis. Take your pick." It was literally like the old cliche of being a kid in a candy store. I like the sound of that one, and that one, and that one. Let's grab that one. And with our preview show, we both picked three films based on either Buzz or the synopsis. And like Forrest said, you just never know what you're going to get. And we got the mixed bag from the preview shows like Bleed With Me and Fried Barry. Didn't work for us. Fried Barry is setting everyone else alight, but it didn't work for us. But then we also found The Columnist, Dinner in America, Detention, because of those uh, preview shows and our preview picks. And that was exciting for me. It was exactly what you've just said, being able to find films which we can champion, champion now and say, when these films come out, guys, you've got to go and see these. Or just to say, you know, this wasn't our favourite, but we still, you know, we, we still enjoyed it. Something like Lapsus. Had a good time with that film. Um, yeah. And I mentioned I Weirdo, Dinner in America, The Columnist, A Mermaid in Paris. For me, The Dark and the Wicked, they're going to be up there come the end of the year. And to be fair, even if we'd had a full uh, theatrical release uh, schedule. Of course, I can't speak for films that haven't come out or been postponed, but I still believe some of these films would still be up there because I really, really, really enjoyed them. I think it's. I think it was well for a virtual festival. I think it was really well done. I think it was well handled for 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 our side of it. I think we were accommodated really well, um, and nothing was too much trouble. It was easy to navigate what we needed to get, and of course, the only the only downfall was the only, you know, the only bummer was the geolocking of the films to Canada, which I, like John, wasn't aware of beforehand. And if we were, we certainly would have mentioned that on our preview show. But that we can't, we can't really beat the organisers of the festival w- with that stick because there's obviously reasons for it. But of course, I'm also thinking, how good would it have been to have opened this festival up, same price worldwide in your own currency, but to be able to say, right, you know, like yeah, the Columnist, August fourteenth, this comes out. It's worldwide, you know. We'll have how much it costs—a tenner or fifteen bucks. Everyone in the world can watch it. That would have been great, and the exposure we would have got would have been like monumental. However, just being at the festival was great exposure. Whoever curated these lists did a fantastic job, and I agree. From the films that I've seen, I didn't dislike actively dislike any of them. There are some which I would class as a thumbs down, but nothing which I thought. You know what? That was a waste of my time. And just from seeing 
what uh, people like Big Tuna have been putting out and other critics who are, who are following this festival, the majority of people have been up on the films. And I've read some of these reviews and I know, and I know some of these people and I know they're not just blowing smoke because they've been afforded the luxury of watching these films ahead of time. So really, really good job with Fantasia. Again, absolutely up for doing it again next year. It was hard work watching three, four films a day with the pressure of real life and then having to write and review them and then publish them. It may not sound like a lot, but it does, like I say, it wears you down after a while, but it's a bloody good time doing it. So I had a good time of it. I think the films have been great. I hope you guys have all enjoyed the films we've spoken about. And I hope you go and search them out legally when you can. And if you can, please do let us know. So, um, yeah, Fantasia has been a wonderful experience, man. And, um, that's that concludes our coverage of the festival. Uh, with that, we've not done our headlines um, for the last couple of episodes uh, because we've been covering so many movies on an episode. And we're not going to extend this episode any longer, but we would be bad movie people to not mention the movie headline of the week, which is a very sad one. And that is the passing of Chadwick Boseman, um, the actor who was most famous as T'Challa, the Black Panther. Um for most people, I would say that's where you really were introduced him. He's a tr- tremendous actor. I've not seen his entire filmography, but I've seen him in enough uh, to know that he is, um, was, was incredibly gifted. And uh, if you are a fan of his or I like myself, I'm a big Ryan Coogler supporter and like advocate, want him to get more and more work. Um, uh, Coogler wrote a tremendous letter about um, Bozeman and his time with him. And, it is definitely worth a read. Uh, you can just Google that. I think it's at the Hollywood reporter. Um, but I, it was uh, shocking news. And I don't know, Matt, most people who know me know my, my, uh, fixation with film. So when mm-hmm. the news broke, I got bombarded with text messages. Like, I don't think I've ever had so many messages come to my phone at once. Um, because he's an actor that so many people are, are familiar with because of the Marvel cinematic universe. Um, and it was such a shock too, that, uh, 43, um, he had kept the, the illness mostly a secret outside of his family, which is completely understandable, but mm-hmm. it, it, no one knew he was dying. And so uh, it hit the world hard. It was like a punch to the gut. So um, I know I was saddened by it. And I know that you also uh, were, were hit by it pretty hard. I was man. Cause I, I received a message from John. I woke up in the morning and saw the message from John and I, sh- I won't repeat what I said back, but I, I immediately, as you do go online and, read about it and it, it did hit me and it you know i got choked up about it and i still i have done over the last few days i genu- genuinely have uh been really quite sad and upset and bummed out by this because it's you know what a what a what a loss i mean four years battling such a horrible horrible illness whilst also delivering the films that he's done but not just the films the performances the press tours everything that goes along with it and doing the of what the pictures that are going around where he visited the children's hospital where they, they were um, terminally ill. And it's like, God damn. And obviously the symbol that he created along with Kugler of T'Challa and Black Panther in that film and what he meant to so many people and to, and to children and to the black community was uh, uh, incredible. And I mean, you can't, nobody can tell me that cancer beat Chadwick Boseman when he spent four years of his life kicking its ass, still working, still delivering the goods, still being there, still being that symbol of hope and power to 
a generation young and old. It's, you know, I mean, it's a massive loss. And to see him in things like Get On Up, which is what I saw him in first, and then recently, obviously, in The Five Bloods, it's, it's a big loss, man. And the, the outpouring of comments from people who worked with him, people who knew him, friends, family, yeah, and fans as well was... It's been like it's been it's been crushed. It's been really really sad. And obviously, well, we send condolences to friends and family of Chadwick. But it it was it's a tough one to take, man. And it will be for for a while. And you know his his final tweet is the most liked ever on Twitter. So even even in his passing, he's still he's still leaving behind a legacy and you know breaking records along the way. Yeah, and uh, it, it has been pretty amazing seeing the outpouring um, and how he was the ultimate professional. Um, just really loved what he was doing, and and you just that's all you're hearing. And that's it's always great to hear such positive things and uh, see how impactful he had um, been on everyone he worked with. So, yeah, agreed. Um, that said, uh, that was our only headline for this week. We just wanted to at least touch on that and. Um, you know, may he rest in peace. Uh, but we'll move into our media consumption. Uh, Matt and I love movies, TV, video games, podcasts, and other things, although we find it sometimes very, very hard to fit them into our busy lives. But we like to talk about what we've been consuming. So, Matt, what have you been consuming since the last time we recorded? Um, well, because, like I said, because of the Fantasia Festival, these have been slightly shorter than normal. But um, I have seen a film from the festival called Sanzaru which I thought was actually pretty decent. And I've got the Oak Room to watch, which I'm going to watch and get that get a review out. But also I'm interested in seeing that, despite hearing that it's pretty okay. It's not as good as I maybe I hoped it was going to be, but uh, looking forward to watching that. Uh, I watched Wayne's World today. It was on, it was on TV, it was on um, Sky TV over here. And I was like, I'm never going to turn down an opportunity to watch Wayne's World. I, <laughs> I know John does as well. Astrology, astrology fans will know we love Wayne's World. I dig that film. Hi, I'm from Delaware. <laughs> um, so I watched Wayne's World, had a great time watching that. My ten-year-old um, uh, stepdaughter was wholly confused by the whole thing, but you know what I mean. Oh man, it's not for those kids; it's for us. Um, so I've been watching the Ryan Johnson filmography for uh, Moving Picture Madness. Um, I've well, I say that I've watched rewatched brick uh the brothers bloom and looper uh, I've, I've never seen the brothers bloom that's the only johnson film i've not caught yet i own it i just haven't gotten I mean, to it i like it i enjoy it it's it's um you can tell where brian johnson is, was and where he is now that there is a clear progression in terms of his just t- the writing but the brothers bloom is still a i think it's a damn good film it's a lot of fun ruffalo and adrian brody and rachel rice are great um Gets a bit muddled at times, but I think it's very good. I think it's really good. Looper, I think, is one a great, great, great action sci-fi film. And uh, Brick, really decent, kind of uh, hard-boiled I, noir film. Have you, have you seen Brick? I love Brick? Brick. Oh, I've taught Brick. Oh, I am a, dude, I'm there a you go, then. big, big advocate for Brick. Um, yeah, I, I'm a big JGL fan anyways, but um, I love the the noir vibe in a high school. Like, what a, what a cool movie to teach to high school kids, too, right? Yeah, like, yeah. like and what a we watch, like, of double in- as well. Yeah, we watch Double Indemnity and then we we pair it with Brick, and I just think it's a really cool uh, a cool way to introduce noir and the progression of like the neo noir and um, 
and that was before uh last jedi so like yeah, yeah, when man. i saw it the first time so like they it was like hey this guy's doing this big star wars movie check this out yeah. um and that's one of the yeah but check right, it out man awesome. it's a decent film it's again it, it, does, it doesn't hit doesn't hit all the um home runs it goes for but i still think it's a very decent film and the progression from that to something like the last jedi and now to lives out really interesting to see the trajectory of Ryan Johnson's work. And um, in my inbox this afternoon, the uh, screener for Possessor, the neon film, the Cronenberg film, which is getting a lot of of buzz has dropped. So that's in my inbox. And I've heard from um, my esteemed Death by Pod co-host, Bloggy Balboa Elizabeth. This film destroyed her. It messed her up to the point where she had to have a bath afterwards because she felt like physically just vile what haven't watched it so i cannot wait to sit down and watch possessor so next week i imagine i'll be able to give a non-spoiler thoughts about that but other than that uh statesman not really much as i've been sort of dabbling in podcasts here and there um only the usual ones i listen to but other than that it's kind of fantasia and just uh, life uh getting in the way really so but what about yourself you've always got an interesting array so i started watching the tv show psych like a year ago mm-hmm. and i made it to season eight and season eight's the last season but they uh michael anthony michael hall is that it that's the guy from pretty and pink right yes yeah, yeah. okay he shows up in like the end of seven and i really didn't like him in the show and it like it looked like eight was going to change the whole dynamic of the show which it is because it's ending but I stopped at like episode five and I, I was talking to one of my friends and they encouraged me to finish it. Um, so I started rewatching. I've, I've watched like four episodes. So I'm like on episode 10 or something now. And um, it, 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 it actually, the thing I wasn't enjoying is fixed early in the season. So I'm glad I've gone back to it because I'm having fun rewatching or not rewatching, but I'm having fun getting back into it. And there's, uh, there's two movies that I've never seen in a musical. And I don't know if the musical is a full on like, like just an hour episode or if it's uh actually like an extended version but they just released the second movie with peacock when peacock released the uh, nbc yep. streaming service um and i have access to that because of my cable company uh is comcast they're owned by either they own nbc or nbc owns i don't know how that who's in actual charge but one of them owns the other and so i have access to it so i really want to i want to check those out so i figured i finished the series watch the two movies and i can uh dust my hands of psych um, and then I, I've told you, you need to listen to the secret history of Hollywood podcast. And they just started the Cary Grant series and the dude dropped a 12 hour long first episode. Um, and I, I finished it. Uh, I don't remember when anymore. I finished <laughs> it at some point in the, the blur that is my life. At, and, um, I, I'm now really wanting to dive into some Cary Grant films that I've not seen because I really only have seen his real Friday, Philadelphia story. Um, North by Northwest, I've seen all of those multiple times. And then I've seen uh, To Catch a Thief. And I think that's it. Um, so uh, two two senior classes ago, um, so just, just over a year and like a month ago, uh, one of my graduates gave me Arsenic and Old Lace, a Frank Capra film that stars Cary Grant. And I, I've had it and I've been meaning to watch it. I've been meaning to watch it. But, you know, movies, there's so many of them. I, I watch a lot of them, but I just can't get to all of them, even though I try. And so I finally watched Arsenic and Old Lace, and my goodness, that movie's made for me, yeah. dude. It's Frank Capra, like Frank Capra who anyway. I'm into. Yeah, and then I, I do like Cary Grant, although I hadn't seen really young Cary Grant. I, well, that's not true. He seems arguably younger here than in Philadelphia Story, but he's younger. I think he's younger in Philadelphia Story. I think this is 41, and I think that's 40. But um, his performance here is so much more um, 
loose. He he kind of actually reminds me more of how Jimmy Stewart is in the Capra. It's a Wonderful Life. Like he's yelling and he's being loud, and it's not like the Cary Grant's usually been very composed in the movies I've seen him in. So it was like it was really different for me, especially having now listened to the first episode of Secret History. I now know how Carrie got his start in the industry and he started more in comedy. I won't say how in case you want to listen to the episode, but um, Arsene and Old Ace is fantastic. If you get a chance to check it out, do. Um, Corey and I watched The City of Lost Children, our last of the uh, speaking, uh, speak my, speaking My Language mm-hmm. month of August uh, for, you know, that was, she had never seen it. I had, um, that's a really weird movie, but I like it still a whole lot. Ron Perlman pretending to be French. Yeah. Um, but, and then, uh, the same friend who, um, initially got me into secret history of Hollywood, who's convinced me to resume watching psych. Uh, I mentioned, um, she was, we were talking about psych and she brought up that psych was basically supposed to be Ferris Bueller meets real genius. Um, the two eighties movies, like they were like merged him together. Right. I have never seen real genius. And neither have I. And so that got me, we, we were talking about, you know, oh, Val Kilmer. And then I was like, you know what? I've also never seen Tombstone. And that's when my friend lost it because uh, she loves Tombstone. And she was like, you have to watch that today. I'm like, well, I own it. So I will. And I made that commitment. Now I, I'm bringing this up because if she's listening to this, she owes me because I've been trying to get her to watch blind spotting for over a year. <laughs> watch blind spotting. And I, I, one day I told, she said, you must watch it. And I said, I will. And I watched Tombstone the same day. So she owes me now extra, but, um, I do not regret it. I, I actually really, really like Tombstone. Val Kilmer is amazing in that movie. And let's be real. I stand Kurt Russell. Like Kurt Russell is just great. I just uh, adore him. And so between the two of them, the movie is just amazing. Hey, and then there's uh, in there. Well, I was about to say the supporting cast outside of those two guys is also great, but man, Val Kilmer, um, early nineties, Val Kilmer is just outstanding. Mm-hmm. I mean, cause you think that and you think heat, um, he's just in on fire. And then, uh, I, I will always go to bat for him with Batman forever. I don't think that movie is as bad as people act like it is. It's not great. It's not the epitome of Batman. Not great, no. no, but it's, it's, it's no George Clooney performance, right? Like it is, it, he deserves a little bit of credit. Mm-hmm. He's not bad. Um, but, it, and obviously Val had like, I love him in, um, I guess I love him in a lot of stuff and I just don't think about him that way as like a top actor for me. But when I, when I'm looking back at his career, he, there's a lot of movies where I just think he's amazing. Um, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang is yeah. is awesome. Like, um, but yeah, Tombstone. If it's a western like uh, that you'd slept on, like myself, um, which I'm lucky too, by the way, because I almost watched Wyatt Earp first, which I now know is the lesser of the two Wyatt Earp films that came out about the same time. Plus Kurt uh, Russell. Plus Kurt Russell, which I mean, come on, it's Kurt Russell. Kurt Russell is a treasure, and we don't really deserve him. I, uh, I remember we did the astrology 1993 episode. Tombstone was brought up, and that was. A little while ago now, and I remember you hadn't seen it then. So I'm glad. Mm-hmm. I'm glad you finally got around to see it. Yeah, and it's 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 definitely good. So uh, if, or great, great. Sorry, nobody hurt me. Uh, it's great. Um, so Matt, um, that is what we've been consuming. But in order to pull off a podcast of this magnitude, week after week, we have to put some work in, or we just fall apart. So I need to know. What are you doing to stay bloody awesome? 
it, it's tough trying to keep up with the levels of the statesman every week is tough. But dude, I am one of those guys. I'm a basic Billy. I'm prepping for fall or autumn. I'm getting into the spirit. It's uh, when the times I've left the house, I'm going to the coffee shop and I'm getting now I'm getting that PSO. I'm get, getting my pumpkin stuff in my uh, in the cupboard in the kitchen there. I've got a tin of pumpkin pumpkin to make a pumpkin pie because it's i've i've i first had pumpkin pie i don't know eight nine years ago uh, when i used to work uh it's a retail manager somebody i used to manage had an american boyfriend and she said oh he's making pumpkin pie tonight and being a foodie and a cheeky sod i was like i never had pumpkin pie before clearly insinuating please bring me something it's your review coming up soon um, so she brought, <laughs> so the next day I bought some pumpkin pie in and I was like, this is incredible. I love anything with, um, pumpkin with cinnamon. Well, I didn't know at the time, anything with cinnamon, anything with cloves, anything like, anything like that, sign me up. So I'm getting as much pumpkin stuff in as possible. The jumpers are out. Like I said, I'm, uh, I'm ro- rocking a jumper tonight and the heating. Uh, I'm check. I'm looking outside. I've got uh, my daughter, my youngest daughter. She's always asking why are the leaves falling down? What does that mean? Uh, why do they change color? I'm like, well, it's the best one of the best times of the year. It's autumn leading into Christmas, obviously. I'm getting ready for, for fall and I'm getting ready for autumn in the most basic ways. And I feel good. I'm one of those people who loves this season. I love the colours. I love the look. I love walking at this time of year. So, dude, I am prepping for the one of the for the start of the best time of the year in probably the worst year in living memory. But that's me. What about yourself? Well, I will say to you, in, in prepping, you should watch Sleepy Hollow because there is no movie to me that hits fall better than that movie. Um, it's just, you know, spot on. And I'm staying bloody awesome by doing my civic duty and staying on quarantine. Because as I mentioned at the top of the show, my wife did test positive for uh, COVID. Um, she is okay. She has the mild symptoms so far. And it's almost been, we're already at almost a week mm-hmm. of being on quarantine. But we are on lockdown. We have not left our house since the diagnosis, other than um, I had to go get tested. And mine came back negative, but uh, it was likely a false negative, she said, because she had just tested positive. So mine might still have been in the incubation period or something like that. But nonetheless, um, we could be irresponsible. I could go out and do what I want to do or go to Starbucks and get the coffee that I want. But instead, we are doing what we are, the right thing. We are, we're keeping ourselves safe. In fact, the, the biggest proof of it is that Last night, the night before we're recording this, the Monday night, my local theater dropped Tenet four days earlier than it was supposed to drop. And I could have gone, but knew it would be wrong because I would be the person with the zombie bite in the room full of non-infected people. That's it. And I was not going to be that guy. So um, if it happens to you, yes, it sucks, but do the right thing and don't spread the virus. Stay away from people. Um, stay, you know, lock down. And if you have to go outside, like I have been running, but I, um, I'm bringing a mask with me. So if there's anyone near me, I can throw the mask on real fast. Like, you know, and I'm outside in my area where I, I'm not running in a crowded park, mind you either. Like I'm not running where everybody runs. I'm running in my community where nobody seems to run. Or if they are, if there's at least two other people who do run, but we seem to run at different times. So I'm being safe. I'm being cautious. I'm staying uh, well over six feet away. I'm staying like 12 feet away from everybody. Um, so that's how I'm staying bloody awesome. Mate, you keep staying bloody awesome. As I said, you're doing your, you're doing the right thing and you're keeping healthy as well. And you're not getting those weight. Well, then again, having those donuts, but uh, we can allow that because of the, obviously yeah. what's going on at home and uh, 
obviously I've said on off air and I say it on air. Good to hear that things are going well and hopefully um, health wise, everything continues on the up, dude. I hope so. Uh, that's, that is a fear until it's until it's through. It, on the bright side, we're hoping that w- if it is like this, we're at least going to have that temporary immunity. So then I won't be as afraid to go to the movie theater because it'll be like, ha, already got it. So <laughs> Jokes on you guys. Um, but uh, that said, we are at the end of our episode. We will be back next week to a normal format where we won't be covering so many movies in an episode. Um, we're not quite ready to go back to theaters just yet. So our review of Tenet's going to be put off. I literally am not allowed to go to theaters just yet because again, it would be violating the thing I just said. Um, but, uh, we are going to be reviewing one that you can watch at home or at some theaters. It is, it did get a very small, I think drive through run only. Um, and that's Bill and Ted face the music. Uh, Matt and I are going to be able to watch this from our home and we are going to be reviewing it on our next episode. So uh, if you haven't checked that out yet, do so so that when you listen, you can uh, partake. In fact, you can tell us what you thought. You can reach out to us on social media. Matt, where can they find us on Twitter? On Twitter, the blue bird at BAMP underscore podcast, B-A-M-P underscore podcast. But we know you like your stuff visual, so you can hit us up on Instagram on the old IG at bloody awesome movie pod. And of course, if you're old school and you just like Facebook, uh, I'm done with Facebook, but we're still on there. So bloody awesome movie podcast is what you search. Uh, you can follow us individually too. Of course, I'm at Burke reviews on Twitter, Instagram, letterboxd, Matt. Uh, what I watched tonight, Twitter, Instagram, letterboxd. And if you like what we're doing here, we just ask that you take a few minutes and rate and review us, whether that's on Apple podcasts or Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts, because it helps people know about us. They, they see it in those little uh, ads or they see it on the sidebar. They see that we are highly rated and it makes them take a chance on us. So, uh, those of you who are listening, thank you. Uh, we appreciate the continued listening. It helps uh, encourage us to keep watching movies because that's all we really want to do. And in fact, that's what I want to encourage you to do, listener, is just keep watching movies. And Matt? I'm going to encourage everyone to stay bloody awesome. Blood, 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 bloody, blood, 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 bloody.